Support for this episode comes from Modern Football Technology. Modern Football Technology provides real-time opponent tendencies and self-scout while eliminating manual data entry into Huddle, DV Sport, and Exos. If you're tired of tools that are time-consuming to learn and perform inconsistently at best, then we recommend Modern Football for a fresh perspective. Schedule a demo today at teammofo.com to see a battle-tested tool that's proven to perform and deliver value. Mention Coach and Coordinator Podcast or use a coupon code CC10 to receive 10% off your first year. And listen to our recent episode featuring Folsom High School Defensive Coordinator Jordan Ersick to learn more about how the 2023 California State Champion uses modern football to dominate their opponents. I think the thing that we have to understand as coaches is that we have to coach the top 10%. And so many of us spend all of our time on the bottom 10%. And I'm not saying I don't want to save kids because like I do spend a lot of time on that bottom 10%, but I'm going to spend my public time, my team time lauding and talking about that top 10% because when you talk about the bottom 10%, that middle curve starts to shift to them. Today's episode is a short segment from Nebraska head coach Matt Rule's presentation at Lawrence First and Goal Clinic in which he talks about coaching the top 10% of your team. What he says in this segment applies to any coach in any sport. We have had some impactful talks from head coaches over the three years of the Lawrence First and Goal Clinic and this one ranks right up at the top. It's definitely a top 10% presentation full of takeaways for you and your staff. Speaking of staff, the staff pass and individual premium pass are still on sale at lfgf2023.coachesclinic.com. This is an incredible value at just $60 per coach. The bonus is that these passes will convert to the Lawrence First and Goal Clinic Plus. LFGF Clinic Plus is a new membership available on CoachTube and it will allow you access to the 2023 talks for one year, plus access to a monthly rotation of courses from past clinics. Over the course of the year, that is 130 clinics from the 2023 virtual clinic available to you for the year, plus 10 courses from past LFG clinics, which will rotate on a monthly basis, giving you 250 courses over the next 365 days and the opportunity to continue to get access to more courses after that 365 days as part of the Lawrence First and Goal Clinic Plus membership. The added bonus of this moving over to CoachTube is that all of the replays will be chaptered so you can go to exactly what you need when you go back to reference things. You don't need to do anything for this upgrade if you've purchased a clinic premium pass or staff pass. Your premium pass gets you access to Lawrence First and Gold Clinic Plus, which will be up and running in 30 days. Enjoy the segment from the 2023 clinic with Coach Rule. So the Gallup study, the Gallup did a study of workers and, and, and this I'll start to talk about staff a little bit, but also players. And they basically, you know, they've basically had engaged kind of not engaged and actively disengaged and, you know, engaged employees were the ones who were the most enthusiastic 
the ones who were not engaged, they might be satisfied, you know, but they're not connected, right? They don't put in the extra effort, but they, they do what they're supposed to do. And then you had the actively disengaged, man. They're, they're, they're emotionally disconnected from the work and their job, and they can jeopardize their team's performance. So three groups, engaged, not engaged, and actively disengaged. And and what they found was when they looked at most companies, man, like just between 10 and 20%, you know, like 18% of guys were actively disengaged. And about, I don't know, 15% of guys were engaged, but it was that other 68% of, the, of these workers that were not engaged. And, and this is one of the great lessons I've learned as a coach. I'm going to carry it over because, you know, we took the old Urban Meyer principle of 10, 80, 10, 10% engaged, 80% not engaged, 10% actively engaged. And we took this concept, right? And so I believe, and I've learned, learned this from Mike Lombardi and Coach Belichick about coaching in thirds. And, and if you recognize it on any team, man, 10% of your team is going to do exactly what you want to the highest standards all the time or as much as they can possibly do it, man. And 10% of your team is going to be disengaged. They're not going to be bought in. They're going to be negative. And sometimes they can be like a bucket of crabs and keep trying to pull every other guys down. And sometimes it's just like a quiet, cynical, why are we doing this? Why are we doing that? You know, kind of quiet locker room issue. But you're always going to have these two spectrums on either end. But your team is basically in the middle. Most people, and it's just okay, most people are just average and they're not engaged in all the elite things that the team does, but they're they're kind of in the middle of that bell curve. And I think the thing that we have to understand as coaches is that we have to coach the top 10%. And so many of us spend all of our time on the bottom 10%. And I'm not saying I don't want to save kids because like I do spend a lot of time on that bottom 10%, but I'm going to spend my public time, my team time lauding and talking about that top 10%. Because when you talk about the bottom 10%, that middle curve starts to shift to them. Because everybody wants attention. And so they'll start to shift and they'll start to notice the things that maybe those guys are doing that they didn't realize. But man, when you talk about the top 10%, when you talk about those who are actively engaged, those who want to be elite, those who want to compete, those who are tough and smart and want to perform under pressure, your middle percent starts to go to them. And then your 10% feels them catching up and they raise it up a notch. And then your 80% catches them. And what used to be a 10% is now just right down the middle. And you start to see the standards raise. And then the lesson I think is really cool, and not everyone can grasp this on your team maybe, but you take the 10 percenters, the guys who do everything at an elite level, and you say, hey, guys, within this group, there's a 10, 80, 10. Like, of our best workers in the weight room, like some guys are better than others. And so there's a 10%, there's an 80%. And even though that bottom 10% obviously is not disengaged because they're still a 10%er, they're not at the level of these guys. And so you're constantly chasing and never complacent. And then once guys understand, I want to be a 10%er of the 10% on my team, then I'll say be 10, 80, 10 of the big 10. Okay, well, you're doing a great job for Nebraska, but how are you doing compared to Northwestern or, or Rutgers? or Michigan, or Ohio State, or or eventually USC and UCLA. like, And it's just this never-ending churn for wanting to be a high performer amongst other high performers and getting your middle average guys to find a way to be great. I think when you start talking about the locker room and the culture and the brotherhood and recognizing that there's going to be this spectrum, your culture moves as you pay attention to the top 10%. Part of that is our staff. Like I wholeheartedly believe that on every football team, you have nine or 10 position groups and they have to be a unit unto the greater unit. 
We're not going to have different slogans and different, like we have one vision for the team, but we have to have our own identity within each group. And so when I talk about the staff, I have three rules for our staff. Number one, do exactly what you're asked to do. And that doesn't mean we don't debate it, man. Like I want coaches who have opinions. I don't need nine, 10 guys just like me. If everyone's thinking the same, then no one's thinking. So I want coaches who fight, scratch, and claw in the meeting room for what they believe is right and have a hundred opinions and have a hundred suggestions. But when we make a decision or when I say, hey, I really need you to do this, then they do exactly what they're asked to do. And if they're unsure, they ask. Like, I don't mind guys coming into my office saying, hey, coach, how you want me to handle this? Like, but like at the end of the day, when I give you an assignment, I need to know that it got done and it got done exactly to the standards that we have. Number two, man, we want our guys to protect the staff. Like, there's no quicker way to ruin your team than for the online coach to start rolling his eyes about the play calling or about the quarterback. There's no worse thing than the defense, the defensive coordinator talk about how the offense doesn't possess the ball enough or the offensive coordinator complain about the defense, man. Like we protect our staff because at the end of the day, man, I've had 50,000 people chanting to, for me to be fired. Like the enemy is outside the gates, man. I don't need enemies within the own building. So I want a staff that I know when I'm not there, they're going to always, always protect myself, the other coaches, and our players. And then finally put the players first. Our purpose in life as coaches is, is for our young people to say, my life is better for having played at the University of Nebraska. My life is better for having played for Coach Satterfield or Coach Rule or Coach McGuire. So I want coaches who wake up every day and put the players first. Everything kind of comes full circle. Like we want to recruit the best players, but then we want to develop them. And how do we develop them? We don't complain about them. We don't talk about what they can't do. We have a vision and give them hope for what they can do and then hold them highly accountable. We detail out the things that we're looking for and then help build a way for them to get there. We put the players first ahead of the X's and O's, ahead of the money, ahead of the next job. We put the players first. Just, I don't know if there'd be any head coaches or guys who want to talk about it, but here, here's what I gave our guys this offseason. Here, here was exactly what I gave to them. Said, number one, coaches, the standard at Nebraska is one weekly one-on-one -on -one player interaction. I'm not talking about on the practice field. I'm talking about in your office, at dinner, at their apartment, at their dorm. Number two, one weekly player position group training table meal. Like, go, it's free, but just say, hey, guys, let's meet at this time. Let's all sit together. One semester position bonding trip, man. Go to the movies, go to a steak dinner, go play paintball. Let them see you in another way. They can double up wide receivers and DBs, man. Go play laser tag. I'll pay for it, but get out and get to know your guys in a different level. One weekly academic follow-up. We have a weekly academic meeting, man. But, but like, I don't want you saying, hey, Johnny, how you doing in school? Coach, I'm doing fine. No, no, no. Hey, Johnny, I see that you have uh, an English 15 test tomorrow. Are you prepared for it? Or, hey, 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 Steve, I saw that uh, I saw that you got an 82 on your history exam. How can we get you to a 90? Like, let them know that, you know, their academics after COVID. These kids, man, they, the, the, the art of scheduling and time management has gone out the window for many of them. Each player, like sit down with them, go through their weekly schedule. When are you going to play video games? When are you going to hang out with your girl? When are you going to go out? When are you going to study? When are you going to watch tape? Like go through their time management schedule, schedule and plan. Teach them how to use their phone and the calendar. Hey, introduce yourself to the parents if you haven't met them yet. Like, I believe in talking to parents. I have an 18-year-old son. If something's wrong with my son, I want someone to call me. I call parents. Uh, a parental Zoom, a parental checklist. Make sure they know, hey, here's how many community service events your son's done. Get the kid on there. The kid schedules a meeting, and we all sit together and talk to parents. 
a goal setting session, not I want to be all conference, but hey, I want to gain five pounds. And to do that, I'm going to do this. A position manual, the old school, write out the way that you coach. Everyone has to have it handed to me by this Friday. I'm on spring break. My wife's going to love it, but I'll be reading position manuals because I want to, I want to know how you coach. You're a professional. We're professional coaches. Every one of us. I don't care if you get $1 or $100,000. If you get paid to coach, it's a craft. It's an art. And man, I want us to write it out so that we can make changes. I love, I love my university at Buffalo defensive line manual. Like that was 25 years ago. And I love it. I was young. I was dumb. I put it on paper and then I still have it to this day. And I expect our coaches a position drill matrix and progression. Like show me a position coaches, Indy, and I'll show you a good coach. If they just roll the balls out, if they just do a bunch of drills that anybody could do, like Dick Vermeil once said, don't do any drills that I don't need a professional coach for. Like, I want you to write out your drills and the why and and what's the progression and when are you going to do them? And I want you to plan out each individual period because that's your chance to help your player get better. And then finally, after after spring ball, we'll have a drill tape. I think it's really good to have lists like this so our coaches know the expectations. We have the rules as I went through here. Okay, that's a general thing. But then, hey, here's our expectations for the next three months. Get these things done along with recruiting and everything else. So we're trying to build the locker room. We're trying to build all that. And then finally, I'll just say this. I'm, I'm going to go past this, but we do this. We want to be a team that the best players play on Saturdays. I think I think all of our guys get that. But bad teams and bad organizations, the best players get everything. And we want to be an organization that, you know what, like there's 365 days in a year, 353 days of the year aren't about who the best player is. They're about who the best teammate is. They're about who the best brand guy, our brand of football. They represent the things I talked about, about being smart, about being tough, about doing extra, about uh, about being great teammates, about being a tremendous ambassador for our culture. So those guys, we want to be the representatives. We want dependable guys to be the representative of what Nebraska football is. And so we do a competition. We do a seven-week competition, and then we do a one-week competition, which we're doing right now, and in which – Man, we divide up into teams and the starting quarterback might pick up, pick up the walk on D tackle and might pick up the starting wide receiver. But the 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 backup three technique, I might have said that already. Forgive me, but they divide the team because these kids, man, like they love to compete. They love competitions and and you can gain points for community service and gain points for athletic events, but you lose points for for, you know, uh, not doing what you're supposed to do. And the guys start to realize, like, you know what? He might be really talented but I can't count on him. And even the guys who are really talented, who might try to act like they're too cool for school when they don't get picked or they're losing points. Eventually it starts to bother them, man. Like, like if they are competitive, there's some kids who are competitive, but they just don't do right all the time. Like they want to win and they want to bring points to their team. And you start to build a culture, which we're trying to build here at Nebraska right now, where guys understand my value is more than just my talent. It's my dependability. It's my accountability. It's me doing extra. So all these things I talked about, they go from being words or, or slides. They become something that in the off season becomes really important. And now we get to the season and the idea of being on time and doing extra and taking care of yourself and, and taking care of the community and taking care of other sports and, and handling your business like a mature professional man. That concept becomes way, way, way better for the team on Saturdays because we have guys who do exactly what they're asked to do. 
because we started it in the off season. Guys, these are the ways we try to build that culture and that brotherhood. And then finally, man, we've talked about the roster, developing and acquiring talent. We've talked about the locker room, the culture and the brotherhood, how we try to do it with the staff all the way down through the players. And then finally the football. And, you know, we, we want to get the football right. And, you know, the old saying, you're coaching it or allowing it, man, like, and this is, you know, this is on Sunday, because this is, you know, this is something I gave to our coaches at Carolina. Now it'll become Saturday for you. It might be Friday or Thursday. It really doesn't matter to me. You know, we believe in extreme ownership. And Jocko Willink wrote the book, Extreme Ownership. If you, if you ever have a chance to read it, if you haven't read it yet, he also did a great TED Talk. You know, he was a Navy SEAL and talks about a, a, a mission gone wrong and extreme ownership. It's, it's wonderful. But at, the, at, the, at its ultimate core, we as coaches are the leaders. And anything that happens on game day is a direct reflection of us. So the system that we have, the game plan, the play calling, the execution, like how often we're like, well, what happened? Well, was the plan good? Oh, the plan was fine. We just didn't execute. That's on us. That's on me. That's on my position coaches. That's on my coordinators. The execution, everything that happens is on us. The assignment mastery, the technique of our players. If we can't master our techniques, then we're doing too much. Every year, I, you know, they invite me to go to like the, the student orchestra. And I listen to these, you know, they got 70 kids playing, you know, Beethoven, all in perfect harmony. And I go out to football practice and we jump off sides. Maybe we're doing too much. But if you have some things as a coaching staff and as a program that you hold to high regard, when you're sitting there like, man, we're playing a big team. We got to put five new plays in on Monday. Not if you believe in execution. Now, if you're executing everything so well, you can put five more things in, then go ahead, man. Be a guru. Do it. I, I love that kind of stuff. I love X's and O's. But at the end of the day, the result is a direct reflection of us. How the players react, the adjustments that they make and we make. And then finally, the use of the players and the coaching. Like, I am not the smartest coach. I'm certainly not the smartest X's and O's coach, but I know one thing when I'm standing on the sideline, I better not see my best players to the right and left of me. I literally have a coach that takes, takes the best players and he sits there and he, you know, he, he, I got Christian McCaffrey and he, he handed the ball. He ticks it. He ticks it again. He comes over to me after the first quarter and shows me all my best players and how many times they've touched the ball uh, on defense. Like, Who's on the field? What are the personnel groupings? Like how we use the players and deploy the players is a direct reflection of us. So when we talk about getting the, you know, the football, right, man, everything that we can control, we must dominate. We have a plan to win. I think it's really important that you teach your kids. Like they hear football as like, it's this, it's the play calling. We, we want them to have a plan to win. They can go back on it. We must execute it. We will train our players and then let them play. So often as coaches, we try to play the game by the perfect call. At Nebraska, we want to train our players and then we want to let them go play. Thanks again for listening to the Coaching Coordinator Podcast. Be sure to get your premium or staff pass at lfgf2023.coachesclinic.com to get more great talks like this one, plus offense, defense, special teams, every single position. This is a great pass for you and your staff to be able to use as a resource throughout the year. Again, it converts to the LFGF Clinic Plus, which will add 10 additional courses for you to view each month. Get that at lfgf2023.coachesclinic.com. Follow me on Twitter at Coach K. Grabowski and follow all we're doing at coachandcoordinator.com.